again, yes, we're looking at uh, some Kingdom of God passages for three weeks in a row. We're in the same chapter, chapter 13, uh, where Jesus is telling a series of parables. And we just had an explanation of a parable, the parable of the weeds. Uh, we'll look at that parable in a moment here uh, together as well. Uh, so anyway, uh, he tells, experts will say this is a, a day of parables in the life of Jesus because he tells so many in one setting. And many of them uh, begin with the kingdom of heaven is life. And so we wanted to spend some time together and say, what, you know, what is the kingdom of heaven uh, that we experience now and that we have to look forward to? And so today brings us to the parable of the weed. You know, in our country, each year, and grows, each year we throw out 225 uh, million tons of trash. 225 million tons of trash. That's enough trash that if you would fill, uh, dump, or, uh, fill garbage trucks up, they say you could circle the earth uh, six times garbage trucks. That's pretty amazing, right? Pretty incredible. 225 million tons of trash. Now throwing out things can be very liberating. I know there's all the time I get frustrated at home with all the junk in our house. And one of the most liberating and fun things that I get to do is I'll warn the kids I'll say, now tomorrow, if this stuff's not picked up, I'm bringing a trash bag around to every room. And I'm going to contribute to that 225 million tons. And they do it because I really do. I go through the trash bag and it's so fun. Because most of their stuff is junk anyway. So it's not like i got to spend a lot of time saying, is this a keeper or not? None of us a keeper. Uh, especially if it's on the floor, because they're not valuing it. Anyway, so I have lots of fun with that. Um, and in the meantime, I'm not one of those dudes, I just kick things out of the way. And that drives me a little nuts. Why are you kicking stuff out of the way? Pick it up. It's too much work. Another liberating, I think you can relate to this too, is how many people have lots of unmatched socks in your house? One of the most liberating things I've ever done in my life this summer. Once while Melissa was away, because she said I couldn't do it. But while she was in Africa, she wasn't involved Right away? Too far away. So I sat down with some socks, a tub of socks, that were not matched. And I decided, like, in a split second whether that sock was worth saving or not. And then the others I threw in a trash bag. And I had a huge trash bag again contributed to that 225 billion. Tons of garbage and man, we started from scratch. Now we all we all have black booty socks. <laughs> they're so easy to match. It's like this. Another way that I get excited to eliminate things is with the weed whacker. That's that's a fun one as well, right? We go out in the yard and um, we live in a parsonage and we have these great gardeners that plant all kinds of nice stuff that smell good and look good. Uh, but sometimes it gets a little overgrown before they make it back to, to work on it. And I'll fire that weed whacker up. And at first I'll be real careful, and that's taking too much time. And so 
and then I just went, it's like a movie, and, uh, and just wiped out, and then I'd get in trouble because I didn't just whack weeds, I whacked flowers as well, flowers that looked like weeds, um, but I cleaned up around the house, so the objective was met. So, it's like this. This parable of the weeds is a lot like that. The disciples were getting frustrated, um, a lot like I do around the house or outside the house, with, uh, with, with the junk and the weeds and the socks. The disciples were getting frustrated uh, for a little bit different reason. Uh, they were getting frustrated because they knew that Jesus was planting seeds of hope and love and of the gospel just in general, planting these seeds. They walked with them. They watched them. Um, they were working right alongside them and spreading the word of God and having some success. Uh, but then, again, just like some of the other parables in chapter 13, they look around and they still saw evil. And they still saw people that were not responding to the gospel. You know, so they look out into a crowd Wayne got it, and Melissa didn't. Wayne was behaving, Melissa was not, however you want to describe it. And the disciples didn't like that. They were frustrated. You can relate to that, right? Amen? Right? But they didn't like it. And, and they were getting impatient. They were like, you know, why is this still happening? This is not supposed to be happening. You know, they both listened to the same message, or they both witnessed Jesus doing the same act. Um, they were there. You know, why is it that it has taken hold in one and not the other? And so they were asking a series of, a series of serious questions of Jesus. And so Jesus tells this parable of the weeds. And we heard the explanation. But just let me read a couple verses of the actual parable as you back up. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like someone who planted good seed in his field. While people were sleeping, an enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat." And went away. And so we'll stop there just for a second. What is interesting here is um, that right off the bat, Jesus reminds the disciples is that it's not the only seed being planted. The seed of the gospel is not the only seed. Seeds of love and hope and peace and grace, not the only seeds being planted. Seeds of miracles and transformation, not the only seeds. But the evil one is planting seeds as well. And he's planting weeds. Nothing there. Sometimes my little picture doesn't translate. But Darnell, the point is, it is a weed um, that, especially in the early stages, looks exactly like wheat. Looks exactly like wheat. And so this is a weed that's growing up alongside the wheat. Um, 
that is indistinguishable by the naked eye, uh, especially in the beginning stages of birth. And so uh, that adds to this story, that it's a weed uh, that looks like the wheat. So then the scripture goes on, when the stalks sprouted and bore, bore grain, then the weeds also appeared. The servants of the landowner came and said to him, Master, didn't you plant good seed in the field? How is it that it has weeds? And he says, an enemy has done this. The servants said to him, here's, here's the, the real lesson for today. The servants said to him, do you want us to go and gather them? The landowner said, no, because if you gather the weeds, you'll pull up the wheat along with them. Let both grow side by side until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I'll say to the harvesters, first gather the weeds and tie them together in bundles to be burned. And that's what they used to do with and use them as fuel. But bring the wheat to my barn. And so, that's the parable of the weeds. So the disciples are sitting there asking me, what do we do about this? And Jesus is saying, Chill out. Relax. Leave with me. Be patient. Don't try to gather up the weeds. It's not your job to do what? What's Jesus saying? It's not our job to do what? We're not to judge, right? Let Jesus be the judge. And in this case, really the executioner. Let Jesus be the executioner. Uh, he, and he's telling the disciples directly, telling us, we can't, with our, with our eye, we cannot distinguish you know, the, the good soil or the good seed and the bad seed. And so it's a very important lesson because the disciples are very frustrated just like we are, especially coming off a week like we've just come off of. Is we do get frustrated. We want Jesus to act in a final way. We want everybody to get the gospel in their heart. We want everybody to have those seeds of hope and love planted in them. But the evil one is still at work, still planting seeds. And, and especially hard to tell. I mean, even in the midst of our own church, in our own family, our own circles, it's oftentimes hard to tell. You know, has Jesus really taking a root in Kathy's heart? Alright, but it's not for me to say. It's not for me to say. Has Jesus taken a root in my heart? You know, many times in many churches, you know, the pastor is an evil person. The choir director has evil in her heart. The layperson, Kathy, has evil in her heart. Now, none of us do. Right, Kathy? Right, Cindy? <laughs> you hope not. But the point is, you know, from a distance, and with our human eyes, it's so hard to tell what is in and on somebody's heart. And if we start taking on the role of God too much, too soon, and we start trying to take weeds and weed them out, cut them down, burn them, then we stand the chance of weeding out some good seed too. Amen? I mean, it's, hard, it's hard for us to understand. It's hard for me to understand. I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to really wrestle with that. Too. We have, especially again after, you know, what does that really mean? How does that play out? And certainly we need to be able to you know, discern good from evil, and certainly we have an eye for that in some way, and of course we do, for evil acts. It's easy to discern that what happened in this week was evil, and done by evil people with hatred in their heart. It's easy. 
easy to tell. But what's frustrating is that we just never really know about people in our everyday lives. And we want to just discard. We live in that society where we're trying to throw away things. It's so easy to want to throw away somebody in your life. And Jesus is saying, don't do it. Don't throw away your sibling who hasn't come to Christ yet. Don't throw away your son or daughter who is struggling with addiction. Don't throw away your co-worker who is gossiping so much that he is grabbing you down. Don't throw away them. Don't throw away your student, your teacher, or your co-worker, or your boss, or your employee. Don't throw anybody away. It's not the way God wants us to work in our relationships. People are not trash. There's this great... Um, Ministry in the South called Thistle, Thistle Farms. Thistle Farms. And they take in women that have been either addicted or trafficked or have been prostitutes, whatever, a range of issues. And where society has um, oftentimes either attempted or have thrown them away, they take them in. And they give them the medical care that they need psychological care that they need and they give them the word of God that they need and then they give them training and job skills they hire them to work on the campus as well and the one of the things that they'll say if you go to their website and watch their video is that we're not throwing away anybody it's not our job to throw someone away it's our job as a community to take them in and help those seeds of hope and love and peace and grace be replanted do more than that. It's so easy to give up on somebody. It's so easy. And the disciples, that's what they wanted to do. They were looking out there, we just need to give up on these people and move on. Let's just discard them. Take care of them now, Jesus. They like, no. No, it's like this. It's like this. The evil one has planted these seeds. I'm not giving up on anybody. I remember when I was the assistant principal for a couple of years, and my primary duty was discipline in the high school. That way, that was fun. It wasn't. Uh, there were some fun stories, but there was one kid my last year, but I had worked with him for a couple years, and uh, he was, well, let's just put it this way, his locker that was assigned to him randomly was locker number 666. <laughs> and you can't, yeah, can't make that, you can't make that kind of stuff up. He was, he was in trouble a lot. So we got to know each other very, very well. And all the teachers that he had wanted to throw him away. And and I can't blame him. Cannot blame him. The way, the things that he would do. And, and, and things. But when I got on the other side, so I knew him as a freshman and sophomore from a teacher and a coach perspective. And then as his junior and senior year, I knew him as an administrator. And I knew a whole lot more about him. About all the abuse that he took at home and how he had no male figure in his life other than males that would abuse him and yell at him. And so if he was walking down the hall with his buddies and he had his hat on, which was a stupid school rule that we had to enforce, if I yelled at him, hey, Wayne, take your hat off in front of his buddies, we, we were looking for a fight. If I called him, hey, Wayne, come here for a second, I'll show you something. He got away from his buddy and showed him something and then said, hey, can you take your hat off the rest of the day? Can you take it off? And he didn't 
gave up on him. Didn't discard him like everybody. He had to discipline him and had to, he had to have some consequences along the way, but we didn't throw him away. And he ended up graduating. And so as he's coming across the stage of graduation, he gives me a big, huge hug. And everybody's like, what? First man we've ever seen him respect, but I don't give a hug. And he goes on and he does some great things. His community today. And we could have just discarded him. Rightfully so, a couple times probably. So Jesus is saying to the disciples, don't discard people. Don't discard I'll be the judge. This parable has um, eschatological undertones. You know, the judgment, they have judgment. And Jesus is saying, go get theirs. If they don't come around, go get theirs. I'll take care of it. Your job is to tend the soil. Your job is to love people. Your job is to, you know, sure, work, get your hands dirty, work in, in the midst of all this, but I'll be the ultimate judge of someone. And he reminds the disciples of this importance of being patient, even when it looks like the weeds are taking over. We've all had gardens or yards where weeds have taken over, right? And so we know how frustrating it is. And as we look out into the world, it's extremely frustrating. And when we look, even in our own families, maybe it's frustrating. Our own communities, certainly around the world. But we want everybody to experience the love and grace and peace of Christ, and then we want them to act like it. And everybody doesn't. Pray for them. Pray for ourselves. Pray for people that we come in contact with. And we need to model it. And we certainly need to hold people accountable. Jesus never, if you read the whole gospel, that's why you can't just check on one passage and check out. You know, Jesus also is not telling the disciples that anything goes. I mean, Jesus has a very high expectation of behavior, especially of the disciples and of the followers of Jesus. So he's not saying, you know, your son or daughter or your spouse or your co-worker is, is acting up and acting evil that you don't call them out on them. But you just don't become the ultimate judge of that person. If you're in a trusting relationship with someone, the most loving thing you can do to Kathy is say, Kathy, quit acting like this. Or, or Kathy, you're doing great. You know, whatever. I mean, there's kinds of trusting relationships. Um, but never discard it. walking alongside and encouraging and holding people accountable. Absolutely. Jesus is all for that. But discarding people, especially from a distance. But, you know, all this stuff about judgment and discarding, really Jesus talked to the disciples like at a distance, you cannot do that. In close circles, I mean, he's very hard on the disciples because he has a trusting relationship with them. When he comes into contact and gets to know somebody, absolutely does not do this or don't do this. Let's not get confused. And we're supposed to just walk around and mind our own business and never get involved um, in somebody's life. And that's part of being a Christian is that we do this in community. So we do hold each other accountable, lift each other up, and help correct one another. But we got to watch when we start doing it from a distance. And we have to be patient. That's the ultimate message of this is we do have to be patient. We are planting seeds, God planting seeds, but so is the evil one. So weeds are going to sometimes feel like they're taking over. 